Thanks for joining us tonight. You can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. And connect with us on all social media channels. We can be found at Stadium Journey. Like, comment, share, do it all. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio on whatever podcast app you use or check us out on Spotify. And video simulcasts of this podcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. Don't forget our classic back catalog can still be found at vocnation.com. And for those of you who are watching this at a later date, we record live every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And now let's introduce our starting lineup. We've got Dave Cotney. You can follow him online at ProFan9. Mark Vikas is with us as always. You can find him at Ballpark Hunter. Dan Kalachiko, the above average comedian, is here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at Buckman RI. And we are happy tonight to be joined by Stadium Journey correspondent Mike Davis. How you doing, everyone? Michael is from the great city of Dallas, or somewhere in the vicinity. And somewhere. he covers Northern Texas for us. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. So not only do you cover Northern Texas, yeah, no problem. Not only do you cover uh, North Texas, I, you were telling us before the show you have covered some area in your stadium. Yeah. Time. Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, covered all that area. Went out as far as Tuscaloosa for an Alabama game and as far west as Arizona and Tucson there for a game. So I can get around. I guess so. So uh, since our topic is going to be basically, well, we'll start anyway in northern Texas. I don't think you can talk about sports in North Texas and not talk about the Cowboys. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. The Cowboys are the number one in the area. Either one the season's off season, they cover over, you know, the Mavs, the Stars, and the Rangers. So uh, every, anything the Cowboys do, it hits the news first. And, uh, of course, Jerry's Palace always makes headlines, too, just from the uh, – just when it was built, the sheer price tag of the place. Was that the first – was it the first billion-dollar stadium? I believe so. It was. I believe it and, was. And uh, I took a tour of the place, and uh, yeah, you can tell they, they put a lot of money into this place. <laughs> well, I've been working there for what eleven the, the full time that it started open, and I still get lost walking around uh, the the bottom level event level and stuff. So it's a huge place. So for our, our listeners who have never been to, uh, is it still called AT and T Stadium? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, what sets what sets it apart from other football stadiums in the league, and was it worth the money? Oh, they have the they got different uh, things, but you know they have the roof. Obviously, they have uh, doors that open on the end zones where they can keep the roof closed and just have the breeze come through. Uh, they got windows on each of their east and west plaza that uh, those day games on the west side that sunshine comes through and blinds a lot of players. That can affect some of the game. Uh, let's see. They got tons of art. Uh, they, they do a tour by itself with just a art gallery done by, uh, Miss uh, Charlotte Jones. So she takes care of that. Uh, the, the field level suites that started on a, like, I believe in Indianapolis, they have them in the end zone, but, uh, at at t it's all the way around, which if you have a suite on the, the sidelines, 
it's not a very good view of the game. So you're really watching the big screen up top. And that goes to the other thing. One of the largest screens in the world is above the field. You basically can pick out anything. So if you're on that screen, they'll, they'll get to see your facial expression very well. Yeah, that, that screen goes from like the 20 to the 20 or something ridiculous like that, right? Correct. So uh, let's see what else is there. Just, you know, just a beautiful, uh, they keep it up to date. Uh, they do a great job on operations. Uh, the clubs on each, the east and west, or uh, I'm sorry, the north and south, uh, for the people who can afford them are top notch. Uh, Legends is the food service. Uh, they're very good. I believe they're uh, Yankee Stadium. I know they they have them out there. So, which also means the price is high. <laughs> so, <laughs> that that's the one downfall of Jerry World is, uh, yeah, you know, parking concessions. I mean, you can get in. They have a uh, standing room tickets for fifty dollars on the end zones that they put, so they can add another fifteen thousand to their already eighty five thousand seats. But uh, yeah, you're paying another fifty for parking, and then probably another hundred for food, and that's just for one person. So it can be an expensive trip. I didn't realize there was that stand much standing room. I know one of the the uh, things they always show on the telecast is the mad dash to get the best standing room spots once they open the doors. Correct. Yeah. Once they come in, uh, they leave their spot. There's no. Uh, you know, permanent. So they leave, they've got to leave someone there and then go get the food and stuff and bring it back. And uh, usually, I, you know, I have a, another job that I work security down on the visitor sidelines. So when I do get up to the uh, top or onto the end zones, the people are like, gosh, they're probably a good five, 10 yards back just watching the screen on those standing uh, platforms. So I don't know how much I think they're just there for the atmosphere, the drinking and, and so on. I don't see them watching the game, actually. It's a lot of money to watch the game on TV. It is. <laughs> it is. Where, where does it end? Um, if you look at if you look at how the, the, the Cowboys are doing at the moment, the last couple of years, uh, I, I would say that they they probably lead the league in. Uh, uh, airtime on ESPN talk shows, but that doesn't translate to wins. Um, I think first take, uh, you know, made its living off of the Dak Prescott, uh, contract negotiations. It seemed to be on like every day and to the point where it was great. PTI was making fun of first take because all they seemed to talk about was Dak Prescott and the, and the Cowboys. Uh, but if they're not if they're not very good and and people are still lining up to pay astronomical ridiculous prices, where does it end? You know, if if the Cowboys make a a, a playoff run this year, let's say, um, you know that that's probably going to translate into an increase in ticket prices and parking and concessions and all that kind of stuff. Are are the Cowboys that Teflon that they could just keep this up, or is there any kind of rumbling that this is getting to be too much? What do you think? There all there always is people who say it's too much and they rather stay home. But uh, you know, the Cowboys being such a big brand name, uh, I have a friend who lives in Pennsylvania. She goes to all she has season tickets and flies 
into Dallas every uh, weekend for that they're playing wow. home. So you're not just getting the Dallas folks. They're the ones who probably are complaining the most because you got the fans across the country who will continue to support them. And the biggest thing that it won't end because of a man named Jerry Jones. The man is just one of the most intelligent businessmen out there. He knows how to produce his product, how to promote it, uh, good or bad, I guess, if you want to put it either way. But uh, yeah, as long as Jerry's running the show, as far as the Cowboys, uh, they'll be relevant, whether they're good on the field or not. And that's so. Go ahead. So what did what did Jerry Jones do that that gave him such a uh, such a reputation? I mean, when he came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's the guy that he's the guy that got rid of Tom Landry, right? He's the guy that retired Tom Landry. Well, wasn't Tom Landry? 80, he, 80 he's won old. three Super Bowls. That's what yeah, but he's not the, the back yeah. to popularity. He was an icon, right? Right. Yeah, he was. He, there's a statue out in front of the the ticket office there that uh, shows how big uh, Tom Landry is. I love the highway. Is it from yeah, Dallas to Fort ago. Worth? It's got yes, the little uh, Tom Landry hats on the underpasses. Interstate 30 from Dallas to Fort Worth, Tom Landry uh, Freeway. Correct. So, uh, but but Jer- Jerry has, he's got the charisma. He knows how to, to talk to people. He's a salesman. Uh, you know, he has the money where he can support people. Uh, he gives a lot of money to the community. He's big in, his whole family is huge from the uh, Salvation Army, yet you'll see at Thanksgiving. Uh, people just don't know how much jerry's involved in the community and uh that's what keeps his name and people uh trust in him because he's he seems to be like almost the modern day al davis you know he he has been more than willing to to buck the nfl uh with regards to their own sponsorships versus you know nfl wide sponsorships and that kind of stuff He's more willing to just do his own thing and, and you know, the NFL be damned. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry's st- always been like that from his time that he played ball in Arkansas, you know, until, he, you know, he got rid of Tom Landry. He put his own person, Jimmy Johnson, as head coach, which, you know, the debate between it, was it him or Jimmy that won them Super Bowls. But, uh, you know, he, he just has something about him. He has the it factor that uh, people talk about in sports. Jerry has it when it comes to running the Cowboys. So would you say uh, the most prolific owner in sports? Right now, yes. Uh, History, you know, know, uh, yeah, he arguably won. I mean, I can think of, you know, you have George Simer in there with the Yankees. He, Al Davis, as you mentioned, with the Raiders. So there's a few guys that have it, but I still say Jerry has the has the upper hand on them. Those those gentlemen. That's a real interesting question. Oh. <laughs> George Steinbrenner is no longer with us. So, but I think Steinbrenner, for his time, definitely had a reputation. But uh, yeah, I think Jerry Jones. He brought championship football back to Dallas. All those Dallas Cowboy fans of the '60s and '70s. We're cheering once again, uh, and you can look at a lot of other franchises. They don't need to win a championship for 20 years. They'll still sell out their games, the New York Knicks, the Yankees, the Cubbies, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Dallas is just that type of brand. Uh, 
it would be interesting to see if they really go on a prolonged drought. But you're right. There's just too many Cowboy fans out there. It's never going to end. Uh, I don't see it either. So the big question, Mike, was it worth it? Is the stadium worth a billion dollars? <sighs> For what the other prices are? Yes. Yeah. For what they're building in Vegas and L.A. And yeah, because to me, uh, I haven't been. I've just seen photos. Uh, AT&T's the pioneer of them all. They, they, yep. they all come to AT&T and see what they're, uh, you know, all the way from operations to design, structure, and, you know, even down to security, they, they run. So, uh, yeah, it is definitely the mold, the model that uh, other stadiums and other owners are trying to uh, establish in their own organization. I mean, yeah, they... Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about AT&T, you know, Jerry's got the practice facility to the star, which is a whole nother on a whole nother level. I don't know if you all anyone been out there. Uh, it's a practice field, uh, but they got restaurants, hotels all around it. It's just a little mini uh, entertainment district. The star district is what they call it. So, uh, yeah, Jerry's got two brands running in Dallas and uh, and Cowboy fans know about it. So. I mean, I had one fan that said, oh, I'm going to go visit it toward the star tomorrow. So we have high school football games in there. I uh, believe Frisco, the local uh, ISD, they play a lot of their home games inside the star. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. So we, we've talked on here about how uh, in baseball, uh, sort of the, the benchmark, the, the one that changed everything was, was Camden Yards. Um, it influenced everything that came after it. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, that AT&T Stadium has that same opportunity? Or is it there already? I think it's there already, just from the people that, you know, being a part of the, the staff there on game days. I've seen uh, people from other cities, uh, delegates that were, you know, from Vegas and L.A. and when Minnesota. They, they all come there to, to view. So, yeah, I, I believe it is already there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it really did kick off, uh, you know, an arms race in NFL stadiums, if you look at the ones built after it. Absolutely. So uh, AT&T is not the only, only facility in Arlington. Uh, there's another brand new place just a few blocks away. Yeah, we have the new Rangers ballpark at Gold Life. Uh, field right across from uh, Globe Life Park, which is still standing and still, to me, better than the new one. But uh, that can be a debate, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I was there once and it was so stinking hot. I understand why they that, built the new one with a roof on top. That's the only thing I can give people. Other than that, <laughs> the, it, you had better uh, views. You had a uh, just nicer to be outside, a, a better structure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely. I mean, I've been went to over 400 games at the Gold Lake Park, so that's kind of my home, and I, I miss it. I mean, I've been to the new stadium seven times now, <laughs> and usually I do about 20 a year, and I doubt I'm going to get to that. Was that the so, whole point of of building a new stadium just just the roof? I, I think so. Uh, I, I think you know they, they want to say for the fans, but. I personally think it's the today's players not wanting to, and I don't blame them. 
But, uh, you know, they don't want to be out there in a 100-degree temperature playing nine-plus innings, you know, on a Sunday afternoon. They'd rather have that 72 constant. So uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the players and hope the Rangers, I think, were hoping that it keeps them in the free agent market because I think a lot, they feel that they've lost a lot over the years due to the Texas weather. Uh, now, how do how do I like I know how us Northeasterners would would deal with the uh, with the Texas heat? Uh, how much I of a move. factor? <laughs> yeah. How much of a factor really was it for the locals? Uh, you know, at Globe Life Park or wherever it uh, even even the. Even uh, Texas Stadium, the old Texas Stadium, you know, that was that was uh, open and it could be hot and whatnot. So how, how much is the heat really a factor for, for the locals who have to live there every day? Well, you're going to get your diehards. Uh, you know, we go out there and, and I sat out there with hardly any attendance and just sweating, sticking to the seat. Uh, so if you love baseball, they're going to show up. It's It's more for the a uh, casual fan, the one who likes just to go out and, and uh, you know, be seen maybe, uh, maybe just to have some friends and go out and enjoy a night out. So uh, when, when the heat was there, that's something that was a deterrent from, from doing. So I think the new stadium, a lot more, you'll see a lot more people going, yeah, let's go to the game. So, because they don't have to worry about how hot it is or, or however you. Well, how much how much cooler can you really get a, a building that big when it's that big with a roof on it? Really? Is there really a difference? Oh boy! Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I I've never been to an inside baseball stadium in my life. I'll it's tell a you a huge difference. <laughs> I I was in Phoenix one one time and it was 110 115 degrees outside, and it was funny when you walked in that stadium and that AC hit you. Every oh, single yeah. person who walked in, all you heard from everybody was. Oh, oh God! <laughs> I right. could attest. I could attest to that. They give you bottles of water in the parking lot, wherever you park, that are frozen. And by the time you walk to the stadium, I, half of it is melted. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, right. it's. I I crazy remember being hot. at at Saint, in Saint Petersburg at uh, to see the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, the, probably the most maligned stadium in the world, and and you're walking up to the place. And the uh, the ticket takers are like, "Come on in this way, air conditioning this way." And absolute <laughs> Paul, you hit it right on the head. Right, oh. <laughs> that's right. You know, like I said, there's no, there's not one indoor baseball stadium I've ever been to in the Northeast. So it's like, oh, yeah. all right, you know, well, so that you, sucks for us. <laughs> you know, you you start seeing uh, older. Uh, women is especially bringing in a light sweater that air conditioning that will do that much it'll get cold inside there it's july so yeah it's a big difference paul there's there's a market for us we can sell parkas down to folks in texas who are going to the ball game you you know what's the what's the converse of that uh uh, someone from down south coming up in april to a game at fenway or yankee stadium or something or oh boy or target field So does the new ballpark have like a, a little moniker yet? I mean, I've seen the memes that that make it look like it's a like a barbecue barbecue lid opening up. Like, is there a uh, is, is there something like the the trop or the juice box? Yeah, or? They, there really hasn't been anything to stick. 
uh, you, you know, like uh, American Airlines Center, we, they call it the hangar. But uh, yeah, there's not there's not a month year yet that's really established for the Rangers yet. I still think that uh, being the first year that fans are allowed, I, I think people are just trying to get inside and, and get a view of the inside. I mean, the outside, I, I wish the inside's a lot better than the outside. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> uh, the outside's kind of an eyesore. Uh, especially that tin roof that just looks like a barn. Maybe, maybe that's what they'll call it, a barn. But, uh, yeah, so nothing sick. What's, what's happening uh, across the parking lot in the old one? Uh, they've had some uh, concerts planned. They've, had, uh, they've tried that uh, XFL, their, uh, their high school games. Uh, they got a, a USL soccer team, I believe, that's trying to make you it know, a home. Too. Yeah, they yeah do. They're, tr they're trying to make it a home. So they're, they're really trying to get some type of capacity of events going in there. Because I, I don't think the city of Arlington's people want that to be just torn down and made a parking lot. I really think there's a strong push to, to utilize it keep the infrastructure i don't think they really care what happens inside they like the in infrastructure so maybe it'll be a, a concert venue that they can do but uh they're trying everything right now to, to to make it work they could they could tear it down and jerry could charge another thousand bucks a parking spot and i'm <laughs> sure that'll make up for whatever kind of they probably pay for the demolition in a year <laughs> you're probably right you, you know the, the, the funny thing with the arlington uh taxpayers is and i i understand them because you know they, they paid for the first one they paid for jerry world that got paid off and now they turned around and, and making them pay with a sales tax on the new one so and th and then the worst part is when uh games are broadcast or events are happening you know people say well welcome to dallas texas so kind of a, a sore thing for Arlington people saying we're paying for it and yeah. Dallas is getting the recognition. So that, that's all that's been going on since, uh, you know, 18T was built and, and now with the new Rangers. So. How's the, uh, how's the tailgating out there? Is that, is a tailgating in Dallas a big deal or is it just too expensive to park there? So uh, for the Cowboy game or just, in general uh, uh, either or both the, the best well the they, they've kind of cut back as to uh because of the pandemic prior to that uh the rangers the only time you really saw tailgating at its best was opening day uh maybe july 4th if they had a game i mean but i mean there's there's so many people they fill the lots on opening day for a ranger game that just to tailgate they don't even go into the game it's just to be out there on a Hopefully a nice afternoon and at know, a thousand four. bucks a spot. Woo! <laughs> at Rangers Park, it's not that bad. You know, you, you get five hundred bucks a spot. Park. <laughs> yeah, the the Cowboys though. The stuff that the Cowboy fans bring, the smokers and the they they do go all out. They have television, you know, big huge televisions to watch the games prior, which I'm sure there's other stadiums do it. But uh, yeah, it, it's good. Uh, it, it, I'll say it's good tailgating when it's done right. I, I'm, this year we'll have to find out with the new rules. I think they're cutting the hours that they're allowing the, the fans to start. So it'll be a little later. So you'll lose that one or two hours. So I don't know how they're, they're going to work it. 
Um, I guess since uh, since there's more to Texas than just Arlington, Mike, why don't you uh, tell us about some of your favorite spots to go? Uh, pro, college, doesn't matter. Some of your favorite spots in northern Texas. and even oh. Well, baseball, I would have to say Frisco. Frisco right, a, we were going to Frisco, talk about Frisco, yes. Yeah, Frisco is one of those unique ballparks. Uh, it doesn't feel like a ballpark. It's just... There's, I don't know. There's something about Frisco that just makes it an enjoyable night, and and you don't feel like it, it's a little pricey for a for a minor league double A you know team, but uh, it's it's special. I I'm, I'm glad that I'm only you know 40 minutes from going up there. You know I'm only eight miles from the Rangers, but uh, <laughs> uh, that one uh, for football. Let's see. That that one is is a little tougher. Uh, my heart. Is TCU because I was part of the, the renovation of the new stadium. So that stadium is actually, you know, close to my heart. And I know the people that work there and that. So, uh, and the TCU uh, family, they, they've taken care of me over the years, even after I'm not even working there. So I, I've, you know, I got some perks from it. So it's, I love going over to TCU. Uh, I'm a Texas fan. So going to Austin is, is my favorite. Uh, there's nothing like uh, Saturday night in Austin with 100,000 Burn Orange fans. Uh, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, as, as a guy from the Northeast, it was just amazing to be in downtown Austin and driving around, and then boom, here's a 100,000 seat football stadium right downtown, right next to the Capitol building. Yeah, it was just right there. amazing. And you you have could probably. Be... Right next to it. Yeah. Well, they uh, they renovated it, so they're going to have a, a where the big, huge uh, Godzilla scoreboard is. They're going to have suites, so it's actually going to be enclosed and put a couple of couple thousand more seating. Uh, you know, they're just going to try to keep building up, and as long as donors and fans keep filling that stadium, they're they're going to be able to. Plus, I think they're in a little contest with A and M. You know, A and M did the same thing a few years ago. Uh, a and is a great place to see a game if you haven't been. Uh, I do call it a cult, <laughs> but uh, but uh, it, it's they're very respectable. They're they're nice people. It's fun. Uh, traditions huge there, obviously, uh, and and to go there and and to learn their traditions, uh, just to see uh, their band doing in the marching uh, military formation. Uh, it, it's a, that's a special place as well. So, uh, yeah, Texas got full. I mean, Baylor, we mentioned earlier before we came on, it, it got a really nice stadium that, that's right on the Brazo. Uh, they, they do sailgating, some boat, boats out there tailgating, kind of like the University of Washington, and I believe Tennessee is the other one that uh, has the, the water where people can be on a boat and do some tailgating before uh, the game. Uh, let's see. SMU, <laughs> SMU, the Dallas's uh, team. You know when they built it and got got out of the Cotton Bowl. I mean they originally had it at Owens, Ownby Field. Uh, they got out of there, went to uh, the Cotton Bowl when the Cowboys came in. Uh, then they decided to go over to Texas Stadium when uh, during the Dickerson and and the Pony Express time frame because they. They couldn't, they wanted a better uh, facility. Then obviously after what happened to their program, the fans weren't there. So they decided to build 
Ford Stadium on the campus of SMU, which is about a 32,000 seat stadium. It's, uh, I enjoy it because every time I go through with stadium journey, the, the SMU staff is wonderful with me. They treat me very red carpet, everything. Uh, so I enjoy going to SMU for those games. Wish they had a little better team, but uh, other than that, I mean, the SMU TCU game is always fun. That's uh, a rivalry, even though they're not in the same conference. Uh, the skillet, the battle of the skillet is what it's called. So, and, and it's never, it's either usually a blowout or an upset. So, <laughs> you know, SMU usually pulls that upset or a TCU just blows them out. So, that's how that one runs. Uh, I haven't been to UT uh, El Paso, so I'm not sure about the, the Sun Bowl out there. Uh, El Paso is a bit of a hike, though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a nine. That's a nine-hour drive. So, I, oh, Houston. I, I went down and did a did a review on uh, the Cougars' new stadium. That's a really nice stadium. Uh, small, you know, on campus. You can see the Houston skyline from from the seating. Uh, much different than their counterpart across the way, Rice. Rice is just an old, rundown stadium, unfortunately. Wasn't uh, the Super Bowl held at that stadium once? Yes. Yes, it was. Back in the 70s, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, uh, Rice needs to do what Tulane did, because when Tulane Stadium and they had the Super Bowl there, now I went down and saw their new stadium down there in New Orleans. And, uh, yeah. Rice needs to follow that that footprint and put a nice stadium on on their campus. So uh, let's see what other college. That's pretty much it for the the majors in around Texas. So, uh, Mike, you mentioned uh, TCU, and at one point TCU was like uh, they were kind of like the the Boise State uh, smaller conference. You know, it's like the the smaller conference school that could and, and you know, uh, Central Florida, like those guys who, who kind of rose up. And then eventually they they hit the the Big 12, uh, joined mm -hmm. in, in with the big guns with with Texas and with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and those guys. Uh, mm -hmm. So twofold question. Uh, number one, do they do they belong there? Uh, has the popularity of, of TCU uh, remained since they've joined the, the, the big 12. And secondly, uh, you talked about, about SMU and we talked last time we talked about Houston, possibly, you know, finding its way into the, into the big 12. Do you think SMU belongs in the big 12 as well? I take Houston over SMU as far as a big 12 entry, uh, just cause of the, I just think right now that program's better. Uh, SMU's got a little different uh, from academics in part. I, I would not say they're, they shouldn't eventually be because it'll just be just like the Southern West, you know, Southwestern Conference again. So they definitely can go in. I don't know if they're ready to be to jump in right now. They're gonna, if they do, they'll take their lumps where I think Houston's a little more prepared for it, both in a uh, you know, football and basketball, obviously, for what they did through the tournament. And they got a nice basketball, new basketball facility down there. Uh, as far as the popularity, TCU kind of, when the Big 12 and they were left out, and Baylor was actually uh, 
allowed in, it, it, it kind of made of a, a hatred between Baylor and TCU do not like each other. That's that's a rivalry that just started because of the Big 12. I mean, they, yeah, they were they were, uh, you know, conference foes back in the, the Southwestern Conference. But uh, when, when TCU was left out, they feel that Baylor was in someone's ear leaving them out. So there's yeah, the fan bases between those two do not like each other. And then no but, one likes Texas, so. <laughs> but TCU fits in the conference now? I think so, absolutely. I, I mean, they, they they have the the recruiting area. I mean, you're in the state of Texas and getting recruits. The, the, the key things that I, again, being a, a Texas fan that I see is their downfall. You have all the talent in the world in your backyard. They end up in Oklahoma. Okay. But the ones that you do bring, you don't develop. And I think that's where TCU and Gary Patterson uh, kind of went over Texas as far as a program. Uh, you know, as far as winning the last, what I think, they've won their last five out of six meetings. Might be four out of five. But they've dominated Texas. And, and a lot of it has to do not because they had the better recruits, but because they're getting these three three stars that, that won't go to Texas or the bigger schools and they're developing in, in a system. So, uh, yeah, I think as long as TCU has that and it gets those Texas, Texas, similar situation or another school that, you know, they can develop the three-star talent that they're, they're getting. It's good enough to, to compete in the big 12. Uh, I don't, you know, Oklahoma's on a whole different level. They've dominated for what are that? Six, I don't even know off I'm so tired of Oklahoma, but that, <laughs> <laughs> winning it. I mean, I'm already and, and my friends up there in Oklahoma are laughing because, you know, I, I know a lot about Oklahoma football because, you know, they say uh, keep your friends near, but your enemies closer. <laughs> That's how I feel about Oklahoma football. So, you know, but they're but uh, they're doing a great job up there. And, and that's how it is. You know, you know, they develop, you know, they get the good talent, they develop them. And, and then now they're in the NFL. And that's the way programs should be. So, uh, yeah, I, to, to go back to TCU, I, I think they absolutely do belong in the, the Big 12. And, and it helps me because I get to see some more games closer, you know, 20 miles instead of driving to Waco or, or somewhere else. Uh, SMU, SMU could have I mean, I'd love to see SMU and Houston get into it and, just kind of bring that whole Southwestern conference back together other than, uh, you know, Arkansas leaving for the SEC, but, uh, and they won't ever leave that. They're in a great spot up there. So. Well, let's, let's take a minute. Let's, uh, let's switch some gears out of football. I know it's hard to believe, but. I'm shocked that we, uh, we're doing a show about Texas and we talked about football. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, well, I mean, Mike, you mentioned, uh, uh, Jerry Jones and his, place in 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 dallas as as the big owner and uh his place in 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 sports as the big owner but you guys have uh, another another one down there maybe little brother i don't know um you're talking about mark definitely cuban, yeah mark cuban definitely uh <laughs> commands some airwaves um i would say uh, over the last couple of years it's been a rough go for him especially with all of the uh the office turmoil that, right. that he has had to deal with, um, with with all of these kinds of claims of, of executives who have have uh, 
just not been behaving properly. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does how does uh, Mark Cuban come off in, in Dallas? Oh wow, uh, good question. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark, Mark's another intelligent, made his own money, own home, you know, own man. Uh, he knows how to to, to play uh, society. He knows how what makes money. Uh, so people like Mark, you know, they like his passion. They, they love the fact when he came in and he went from a fan's point of view, uh, you know, against the refs, you know, basically, uh, you know, one of them, they basically looked at Mark as being a, a Mavericks fan, just like they are, uh, as the, you know, and then of course the winning the championship was a highlight. But, uh, you know, now that uh, Dirk has left the team, people are kind of looking at fingers saying, where's this Mavs team direction? Is, is Cuban really a good owner? And, and uh, they're questioning him a little more than they did when he first started and, and then went up to the championship. Uh, I, think, I think Mark Cuban's story is brilliant. I mean, here's is. a guy who uh, I th- I'm pretty sure he went to Indiana. And basically what he wanted to do is he wanted to be able to listen to Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame games. So he ended up buying the rights and figuring out a way to stream them online, the radio call, and, and ended up turning that into a company that he sold for, for billions. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's the ultimate entrepreneurial sort of story with him. Oh, great. Very has, much. Has the, uh, has the, Office issues there been been a big story as oh not really actually like you said that the Dax story probably covered that even <laughs> but uh <laughs> it it did for a little bit I, I think Mark's uh, response to it bringing in the the person he did for the to overseas you know like kind of a third party so he didn't really he wasn't going in there making decisions he let an outside person which is part of his business sense. Saying okay, uh, something's wrong here. I'm not going to do the investigation. Let me bring it a third uh, party in there, and then they can report, and then we'll we'll go in and fix what we need to fix. And I think that's where Mark Mark did a great job on that. Yeah, he sure did it the right way. He came out right out in front and said, you know, I really didn't know what was going on, but you know, it was my job to know. Uh, I, I should have known. Um, it it really to me it shone a light on on the kind of owner that he was and and you know as fans we like that we like the guy that's going to spend money we like the guy that's sitting in the front row wearing the jerseys instead of the blazers or whatever and mm-hmm. and being all excited and everything but at the end of the day you you still got to control what's going on in the boardroom and uh, for him to to sit there in, on national television and and really face the music, I, I thought was was uh, was pretty impressive. I, oh, I agree. I, I think he handled it better than anyone else could have. Um, I think he did the right thing on on his decisions. So I, I think he's a. Uh, that's why I don't think you really hear much about it anymore. I think because he came out, you know, in front and got when it happened and took care of it and brought in people. This isn't kind of a hush hush, you know, 
let's linger it on for two years and, and, and uh, let's, if it doesn't fix or if it fixes, who cares? It, he, he basically put his foot down like the owner should. And, and like you said, he took responsibility, which Mark has through everything since he's owned a team, even, even when he's, he's wrong with the NBA, he, he kind of puts, puts it on himself. So uh, no, he, he, that worked out well for him, I guess. And, and uh, unfortunately it happened definitely. Uh, but uh, glad that it, he went in there and cleaned it up and hopefully it's a better uh, culture and atmosphere now for uh, the employees. Wait, what can you say about, about Dallas when uh, a former president of the United States was, was a major sports owner and he's, and he's kind of an afterthought. He's kind of a, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. George Bush on the Rangers. I forgot about that. Yeah. He traded yes. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> yes. In fact, uh, I'm still trying to, talk to George W on giving me his uh, Rangers season tickets for a game. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm close enough to, uh, I've met George W throughout, you know, going to games and, and, you know, shook his hand and got to talk to him, saluted him at the SMU Navy game. But, uh, Rust, Rusty Rose is one of his uh, co-owners back when, uh, George W owned it, uh, the Rangers. And, uh, I have a, re- a relative I know, the roommate that's related. And so I'm trying to always say, hey, can you give me some seats? <laughs> so uh, that's all. That's my goal to actually see if uh, George W. will ever get me uh, his seats for a game. I don't see it happening, but that, that's my uh, my goal. Because I can pay for any other t- you know, seats. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> well, we should, we should probably – we. Who owns the Dallas Stars anyway? We should probably cover the Dallas Stars. <laughs> Almost you, you seem know, to be an afterthought, don't they? They are, you, you know, and they only made the finals, the Stanley Cup finals last year. Only. And yeah. I'm fortunate enough to have a cousin who works with the Stars as well. <laughs> so that helps. But uh So uh listeners, when you when you head down to Texas, hit up Mike, he knows everyone. It seems so, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I've I've gotten a few phone calls when people come down. <laughs> but uh the stars it hockey's a whole different animal and you know, you guys know it from being up in the northeast and follow hockey more than I do, uh that they're a special fan base. They're diehards, uh you know, call, calling a Calling their sweater a jersey is not a correct thing to a, a hockey fan. Uh, so the stars, the stars have their diehards, and when they're winning, everyone wants to be a stars fan. Just uh, probably kind of continue like everywhere else, I guess. You know, there's big bandwagon jump, uh, jumpers, but uh, they're also they bring a lot of excitement to the city when last when they're in the playoffs. Uh, in fact, anytime Dallas, uh, the Stars and the Mavs are in the playoffs at the same time in Dallas, since they run concurrent seasons, it, it's great to be a Dallas fan, you know, for sports. Uh, Cowboys still take center stage even then, but uh, it's still to go down the AAC and, and the area around there for a playoff game. It, it's very cool. Um, so, Mike, we, we were touching really quickly on uh, hoops and hockey and soccer and some of the other sports. Are there any hidden gems in North Texas that maybe people haven't heard of that are worth a visit? Oh. I mean, we mentioned Frisco, and Frisco is one of our favorite yeah, minor league parks, without a doubt. Frisco's a, a must for any sports fan. 
Uh, if you're coming for baseball season and you like college baseball, DBU, Dallas Baptist University. Uh, they, they actually are. Did they make the College World Series or they were just short of it? Uh, I think they made the World Yeah, I think they lost in the Super Regionals, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was to Virginia. But, uh, you know, that's a small Baptist school that they're Division One only in baseball and maybe one other sport. The rest are down to like, junior level <laughs> college uh so going there and, and seeing that talent that, that's a fun time out there in, at that little ballpark uh trying to think of some other ones that may well you know we we, we do have a, a g league team we do have a women WNBA team uh you know the dallas wings when they were over at arlington center center park at the university of texas arlington I can't even tell you where they're playing now, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but but we do have – I mean, there's so many sports available in this area. Uh, we used to have professional lacrosse. That, unfortunately, that went away. Uh, you know, we, we've had uh, women's fo- football. We had indoor football. Uh, you're getting uh, – you're going to have professional lacrosse again. Are we? Okay. Yeah. Panther City, right? Panther City. Panther City. Okay. Is Fort Worth the Panther City? Is that a common phrase? Uh, I've I never heard of where that. it comes from. I mean, but uh, usually it's, you know, Hell's Acres and there's a few other. Cowtown is another one, a popular one by George Strait. Hell's uh, Acres. Yeah, Hell's Acres. Uh, that's basically uh, in reference to the cattle run. It was the end of where the Cowboys... Uh, Brought the, you know, started the, the trail, the, the Chisholm Trail. And basically, the downtown area of Fort Worth used to just be bars with a lot of uh, prostitutions and drunks. So uh, that's why they called it Hell Acres. So I missed it when I was down in the area. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, if you went to the right now where that area is, it's uh, where the Kennedy uh, stayed his last night, the hotel, and also the water gardens. I don't know if you went to the water gardens, but it's right there by the Omni Hotel downtown. I was with my wife, so, you know, bars and prostitutes wouldn't probably wouldn't have. Wouldn't well, they're not there anymore. That, that's just what it used to be. Uh, now, it, now it's pretty much just water, uh, family fun and uh, water uh, fountains. and uh, they're, they're, But, you know, uh, the what, what is it called? <sighs> Pioneer Square. No, not that's Seattle. I get those two mixed up. But uh, there is a spot down in Fort Worth where there's some restaurants and nice eateries. So, so away Mike, from the. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh. All right. So, if you were uh, to recommend, let someone's coming to Texas. They want to uh-huh. experience Texas, you know, through sports, but not going to the big cities. Where would you point them? Fort Worth, because Fort Worth's not a big city to me. Uh, TCU, uh, we have the new Dickies Arena opening up, so there's going to be a lot of events there. Uh, we got a minor league hockey team of Fort of the Brahmas. Uh, that's in North Richland Hills, which is just outside. It's a small little skating rink. That's pretty good hockey. Allen's another one, so bringing up that the junior leagues. The ECHL you know, uh, champions, the Allen Americans. Exactly. So 
that's a great place to go up to. If, if you want to not go into Dallas and see some good professional sports, definitely up there. That's uh, Fort Wayne is the ECHL champion. I mean, yeah, I didn't mean this year. I meant the, the, like the previous year. two or three years, yeah. Last, last, back and back. <laughs> oh. But, uh, you know, that's a great yeah. time up there. Alan's got a nice little uh, arena. So, uh, we have and a isn't G there a cricket team. stadium getting built? Grand Prairie. Isn't Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie. Uh, hey, what does that look like? Have you been able to see the transformation? I haven't. Uh, I used to live in Grand Prairie, but I don't usually go over to my old neighborhood anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when the air hogs were there, and, and I mostly go to the – if I'm over in that area, I'm going to the horse track right next door to where the air hogs played. So, uh, no, but I'll, I'll have to get over there and check it out to see what they're doing with that, uh, that stadium. So – but yeah, they have a lot of events out there. Uh, they got the amphitheater next to the, the ballpark for concerts. They do fireworks for July 4th stuff. So yeah, Grand Prairie does has some entertainment. All right, that's, and that's great stuff. Um, and I wanted to ask you one, before we let you go, Mike, I know we're, we're coming up against it. Um, you said you spent a lot of time up in Oklahoma, right? Yes. One of the, in my mind, one of the most underrated cities in the country to visit oklahoma city what are your thoughts about the stuff up there i agree with you that, that's a great statement it's you, you know okay okc you know people go up there and they're just like oh but if you really get into it there's so much to do in oklahoma city the people are nice uh restaurants are, are great you know i mean it's just so much more than just going to bricktown i mean you have bricktown there with the with the river and, and of course the OKC Dodgers who when I covered them top class organization, uh, they do everything great up there. So, uh, yeah, I, I need to get back up there, but, uh, there, there's a lot of hidden gems in Oklahoma city. I mean, obviously the end of May, beginning of June, you got the women's college world series, which is a great time. Been up there and covered that for a few years. Um, but yeah, overall Oklahoma city does not get what it deserves as far as, uh, people visiting so I, I agree with you they definitely take a trip to okc and, and check it out i mean yeah they I, got, I wish, one of those cities i wish i had spent a little more time in yeah you, you know the sun the thunder have a great crowd i covered that um but you know you, you have the memorial which is kind of a, a downer but uh it's very well done now very it, well it done is. memorial it, it is very well done, but it's, uh, you know, it is a little downers. But uh, other than that, you know, there's the zoos are great. There's, I mean, just the whole area is fun. And and that I had probably the best steak I've ever had in my life in Oklahoma City. At, Where'd you have it? Cal Cattleman's. Cattleman's. Okay. The presidential T-bone. Fort Worth, though. Yeah, the presidential T-bone. Okay. <laughs> I, I can see that, yeah. They got, they got a great, I don't know what type of uh, beer you like, but uh, they have an yes. F5, they call it, IPA. One of my favorites. Every, in fact, I, I went and found some in cans, which is not the same one coming out of draft with IPA. Uh, you know, I brought it back to Texas, but uh, it's definitely one of my, my favorite IPAs is from Oklahoma City. And, and they got a couple other uh, breweries in Oklahoma City now that are doing really well. You know, it used to be a joke uh, because of the, well, I don't know the joke, but because of the Indian, Indian territory, the percentage of alcohol, uh, when you went into a, a normal 
store and bought beer was 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 less than a normal alcohol you buy in Texas. So when Oklahoma come down for the Texas OU, Texas fan would laugh saying, oh, you're getting drunk on because you said that, I think it's two, three beer, they call it up there in Oklahoma. You know, so you, you came down for some real beer, but now that the breweries and all that are opening up, they, they've got a solid uh, choice up there for drinking. All right. So I, I guess uh, that's pretty much all the time we have left for tonight. Mike, thanks for joining us. And uh, before you go, do you want to uh, let our listeners know where they can uh, follow your travel yeah, online? You can follow me at Tejas Duck on uh, Twitter. Uh, let's see, uh, my Facebook's just uh, Michael Davis. So <laughs> Michael James Davis, Facebook. And that's uh, that's pretty much it. All right, Mike. Great conversation. Thanks for uh, educating us on uh, on Dallas and the surrounding areas. A great conversation. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, thanks again for coming right. on. All right, bye now. So that's all the time we have tonight. Once again, thanks to Michael Davis for joining us and talking about Texas. So, Dan, uh, where can our listeners follow you on the social medias? Well, all social media platforms except Facebook for another thirty days at DanLaw83. Mark, how about you? Where can our listeners follow you online? Ballpark Hunter across social media platforms. And Dave, where can our listeners follow you online? Twitter, Instagram at Profan9. And you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. Remember, you can find all of our stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on all social media channels at Stadium Journey. Like, comment, and share everywhere. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on your podcast app or find us on Spotify. And video simulcast of this podcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And our classic back catalog can still be found at DOCNation.com. Classic. Classic. Yeah, we record live every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash DanLaw83. Thanks to everyone for hanging out there. And uh, just because we're doing things a little differently, a little disclaimer here, we're going to mix things up a little bit on the Stadium Journey podcast. For those of you who are listening live on Twitch, we're going to start up a recap of our recent trip in just a couple minutes. For those of you listening or watching the recording of this podcast, that discussion will premiere next Wednesday, July 28th. So basically, instead of one mega long podcast every two weeks, we're going to try and draw sleek and sexy content every week on StadiumJourney.com, our YouTube channel, and of course, on the HIAC Talk Radio Network. So thanks everyone for your support. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road Across the desert, bear man, I breathe the mountain air man. I've traveled, I've had my share man, I've been everywhere.